Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm Damon Postalka, your host, and with me today, I've got Bill Palika from Simonex. Did I say it right, Simonex? Simonex it is, and Damon, thanks for having me here today. All right. Well, Bill, it's awesome to get you on because, first of all, I don't have a lot of people that talk about cybersecurity. I do once in a while, but not not as often as I would like. But you have some really interesting background and some experience that I think it's going to be fun to share with people here. So let's start out with that. Kind of tell us about your background and, and how the heck did you get into cybersecurity? Yeah, that's a... I don't know how much time we have. I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, the truth is, is that I took a really untraditional path into getting into cybersecurity. Um, yeah. You no, know, I started off originally as a banker. So, you know, I worked out at JP Morgan. I was doing mid-market analysis. And then, um, you oh, know, man. I used I used the National Guard to pay for my education. And uh, back in th- 2002, the Guard called me up and I, I actually spent a lot of time over in Iraq. And yeah. so uh, my unit got activated. I was a combat engineer. I was doing logistics planning. You know, I've always liked technology um, and, yeah. you know, played around with a lot of systems. And uh, when I got back home, my heart wasn't in it to go back into the uh, banking world. And so I got involved in technology companies and, you uh, you know, I started building websites. I started uh, building BI reporting system and it just kept evolving. And eventually I got part of a, a team and we were building applications, uh, mostly in the healthcare industry and security was mm-hmm. really a big concern. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think when we were building these companies up, uh, we always felt like we were one data breach away from being out of business. And so we started developing our, our program. And, you know, I think a lot of what we were doing was early DevSecOps. We didn't call it DevSecOps back then, uh, but today I think most teams would call it DevSecOps. And, uh, you know, we just said, hey, I think a lot of people need these services. I hooked up with other friends who were in the cybersecurity community. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we decided to launch Simonix. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Simonics. I did I didn't say it right, but I got yeah, close. All, there we go. It's all good. But you know, you said something I think that's really relevant for people and and hopefully the listeners. Uh and by the way, if you're listening, just go ahead and give us a shout out where you're listening from. If there's any questions, go ahead and ask. But you said one thing, Bill, that I think that that if people didn't didn't just stop and think about this a little bit, they need to because you said one data breach from being out of business. This, I think, is so this this is the statement when it comes around cybersecurity now in business. When you look at the I, I, the pipeline name escapes me right now. You yeah, look at Colonial Garmin, Pipeline. Yeah, yeah Colonial yeah. Pipeline. You look at Garmin, you look at some of these other big companies, and, and then you look at what was the whole solar whatever that thing. Solar winds. Yeah. Solar winds thing. 
and and you know, okay, so those are big, high-profile things that have money, but mo- that have money to, to to pay ransomware and have IT teams that can do these kind of things. But cybersecurity and ransomware and all other kinds of attacks on small businesses literally, literally put them out of business. Well, Damon, you know, there's, there's some research that's been done around this and track what happens to companies after they get breached. And for most small businesses, like in the SMB market, um, you know, what happens is 67% of them post a breach and within the next nine months actually have to close their doors forever. And, um, you you know, the numbers are are just uh, startling when you hear it like that. And I had to do some double checks and I had to call some friends up and uh, you, you know, the research is out there, but it, it's wow. a frightening thing. And uh, it's a shame because, you know, Damon, I think what what most people don't realize is, is that, you know, hackers are looking for easy entry. Right. And there's there's simple things that everybody can do, not expensive things that raise the cost of adversaries. And, um, you know, it really can help protect your business. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So let's just start out because, I mean, you 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 you. Uh you you get to you get to figure out or get to see what bad guys are trying to do a lot of things so for me the small business owner i've got a you know i've got a five million dollar manufacturing business or something like that who are the bad guys yeah you you know i think it really depends on the industry right and there's Mm -hmm. a um i mean there's different categories of people out there right you know you have your hobbyist that's just kind of playing around and Oops, by accident, they they discover an open port and they start, you know, and before they know it, they're they're in deeper trouble, right? Then yeah. you kind of have your your professional hackers, right? You know, the ones that are out there trying to, you know, make money or 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 maybe they have a cause behind that's you know making them an activist. Um, and and then you know, the the next category of bad guys really out there are kind of the well-funded nation states and criminal organizations. And uh-huh. uh, you know, from th- that standpoint, often you know, there's a lot of us in the security industry, you know, are tracking the um, persistent adver- uh, adversaries, right? You know, the APT, we name them often, right? You know, there's China, Russia, there's a host of criminal groups out there. Um, and every one of them have different agendas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. When you look at it that way, it's it's pretty, pretty daunting. But you, you say... You know, you say there's some things we'll talk about later, some things that you can do to get in, you know, to, to protect yourself, make it harder to get in. Um, and uh, but what are they usually coming for? I mean, what are they usually trying to get from you? Say I'm that same business owner again. What are they trying to do? Yeah. And again, I think it depends a little bit. You know, if you're a healthcare company, you know, they might be trying to ransomware you. That might be the main objective. Uh, If you're a manufacturer company, it might have even more malicious intent. Right. Um, You know, what we find often is, is, you know, in the manufacturing sector, you know, they're not looking to just ransomware your system, right? You know, they might have alternative motives and want to go further down and they might want to just steal your intellectual property. And so they're just sitting on your network waiting and taking information, you know, and not that's their payoff. So yeah. again, you know, I think it, it, it depends on what your business is, what your crown jewels are within inside of your business. How is that adversary going to monetize it? Is it going to, is it going to be for money? Is it going to be for intellectual property theft though they can make money or, 
you know, is there a purpose behind it? Right. You know, is yeah. there like an agenda that they're looking to do? So, so again, yeah. oftentimes when we're working with our customers is, is, you know, we help them understand what their profile fits and then help them build their defenses around an adversary mindset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting because you make, it makes me think about it, right? Because you could have people on your systems today and if you have proprietary information, right. And you were, and just say you were prolific, you're prolifically generating awesome and very valuable information. They could sit there and you not even know it for years and years and years. Yeah. And just, I, just take that information out the back door. You don't even know it and, and use it and use it to whatever means they want. Well, you know, Damon, um, just even a couple of years ago, it wasn't uncommon to see uh, the sit time on people's networks be 300, 400 plus days, right? Oh, really? Uh, oh, my, it, it was absolutely a, an area where, um, and I will say a lot of IT teams have made a lot of progress. The average average sit time right now is usually around 40 to 60 days. I mean, different people say different numbers, but, um, yeah. you, you know, it's come down significantly. But, you know, if you th think about that, if sitting there for 45 days, you know, and what you can see when a business is running, right? Just think yeah. about all the emails you send out in a given day, all of the yeah. data that's moving around internally inside of your company. Um, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and and I have just probably not, it's it's certainly not an advanced example, but I have an example of a client that I worked with a couple of years ago that they, they somehow the hackers got in to the owner's email and the owner was, as in many businesses, he made large wire transfers. Sure. He made large overseas wire transfers because they were buying product and reselling it and, and working with suppliers. Well, he got an email one day that said, we want to change our, we've changed banks. We need to change it to this account. And it was a hacker that sat there long enough to under understand how they, the, the conversation went back and forth. It all looked legitimate and he nearly lost, I forget, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars doing that. And that's, it wasn't in a huge business, but you know, it's just, it happens in so many different ways. And it does it when you, we, went back and looked at the email. We looked at things around it. It was very hard to tell. It's very hard to tell. And, and that's it. And you, you know, the truth is, is adversaries, hackers, they, they've all become very sophisticated. Right. Um, and there, there's, they're prying on human behavior and, you know, gaps in security with, within technology. So yeah. it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the challenge with cyber is, is you could do all the right things from a technology standpoint, but if you're not addressing the cultural side of your business as well, too, with awareness of what is good cyber hygiene, you know, just like your, the, the client that you were working with, you could have an adverse event, right? You, you, you know, yeah. you could just simply be fooled into giving information out that you don't want to give out. Right. And so yeah. oftentimes when we're working with the customer again, you know, we can't just address the technology. We have to also address the cultural, the change management. We have to kind of help everybody understand almost kind of like that zero trust mentality. Right. You know, and, yeah. and reprogram the business and, and folks inside of the business to think about how they're operating a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, it's, even something as simple as as time 
that you have to the types of passwords you have to use the time between changing passwords and i'm like that's a super in your world that's like the, the you know that's the that's the baby it just was born kind of example but to some people that's a big deal it's a big pain in the butt they don't like to ever have to change their passwords they don't why do i have to have all these special characters or why do i have to have two-factor authentication like oh it's the end of the world but when you look at it those kind of things have to be at the core of what you're doing the basics and and all the way up have to be people have to understand well you know those things you know they're they're low cost things that increase the cost to the adversary right and ah. and, 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 and you know what that the, i mean if you are working with a a true persistent adversary right you mm -hmm. know they'll they'll get around systems right um but you know for for the average the the ransomware attacks the, you know these things make a big difference and and a lot of times what we say is you know the goal is to get off the serengeti planes right get back with the herd right you know yeah. again they're looking for weak links and they're they're looking for the easy entry and so again if you're doing basic things like um good password hygiene and you're using mfa and uh you you're uh understand all your assets and you kind of like change all the passwords to all those assets Th these things make a big difference <clears throat> yeah and and just so people if they're listening don't know mfa is multi-factor authentication and and basically if you've if you've ever logged in someplace and they have to text you a number to your phone that's one method of it there's other uh, all advanced all the way up to you know in the old days and they still use some of this the banks i'm used to as as running companies we would always have the the plug-in dongle that you had to have oh, yeah. that was your dongle that it, it nothing worked without that the one touch pad yeah uni keys th these are all all things that can be added to verify that you are a trusted source and that you should be accessing these systems and information inside your business and yeah and and again i know some people think that these things are are, are painful but when you have that that statistic lingering out there that yeah. you know nine months later this could mean the difference of your business being open or closed you know i guess those it, it, it does help kind of a little bit <clears throat> it changes a viewpoint hopefully absolutely you yeah. know so yeah so you know if if you were in 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 a smaller business i mean where would you you would start with the like the password hygiene but then when you started to spend money where are you going to start to spend money on protecting yourself yeah, you, you know, I'd go back even a little bit, right? You know, the first thing that I always like to say to uh, any small business is, is do you understand what's important to your business? What are your crown jewels, right? Oh, what, are the, yeah. what are the real things inside of your business that are so critical that, you, you know, those are the things you really want to protect, right? And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and sometimes when, when, you have, when you're building your business and you're so busy getting out there and getting at it, you know, you don't put a lot of time into that type of thinking, right? And and so because everything's important, you're out there, you're 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 wearing many different hats. But taking that time and slowing down and understanding what's important to your business, that's usually the first step that we we say to any small business if you haven't done it. Um, the next big thing that we really kind of say to people, you know, is is you got to go through and you have to understand what assets you have inside of your business. And when we say assets, we're not talking about financial assets. We're talking about the software you use, the hardware you use, the, you, you know, those things, that's the, that's 
going to be interacting on your networks. It's going to be the things that the hackers are going to attack, right? And if you don't have a good picture of what's in your company, it's going to be very hard to defend it, right? And then the next big thing is, is are you do you have a good strategy around patch management, right? And patch management is so important because that is a software vendor or a hardware vendor saying we have known vulnerabilities. We know hackers take advantage of these things and we want to close the door on them. And so we push an update out to you. Right. Yeah. And, and that update is there to make your business secure. Right. And, and I know it seems like a pain and I don't know if anybody has Apple iPhones. I, I think a few people in the world might have them. Maybe over the last week, you've noticed there's been like six big updates and it's like yeah. every night you're like, I got another update. You know, that's Apple really trying to make you, you your, your phone more secure. And so, you know, if you don't have a good man, like process for managing what, how do you, how you take those assets that are in your business and keep them up to date, then, then you're, it's just like leaving the windows wide open in your business. And, you know, right there with those two things right there, you haven't even spent any money. It's time you're putting against it. It's understanding, yeah. or you can go out and find experts to work with. Um, but in the end, those two things are really, really valuable. They help you, you know, just shut the doors. You wouldn't leave for vacation and leave your house with the windows and doors open, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, the, the same with your software and your your hardware. You got to kind of maintain those. You got to keep them locked up. Yeah, because, I mean, just when you look at the assets, right? You just look in a, today, just yep. go out into a small manufacturer. I'm in 20,000, 40,000 square feet. I've got... You know, I've got 10, 20, 50 different pieces of equipment out there. Yep. Some are old controls, some are new controls, some are, you know, and then you look at all the ancillary computers in your business. You look at people that have phones or tablets, whatever connected to all this stuff. And you you begin to realize that just understanding the assets that are, the things that are connected, you're just the things connected to your network that that can somehow be used from someone to the outside trying to get in as a portal is pretty crazy because you go in a manufacturing place, there's, there's machines out there that are still trying to run windows 10 on a computer setting beside them that connects, you know, with a, with an old serial cable connection into a machine to try to feed it information. Yep. And that machine, that old computer is connected to your internet through your system or it could be to the internet. I don't know. I'm not, I'm probably no, not no, you're right on. But, you, no, no, no. But it's you're, just you're, like, you're... I think about this and that thing, that thing has no support anymore. There's nothing you can do. And, and so as, as a, a person, you might not have a choice because your, your equipment may not work with anything other than that. So there are some real challenges here is what I'm trying to say. Oh, a a absolutely. Just at that level. Well, and then, you know, it's other things that you don't even think about, right? You know, it, it it's like your, your Apple watch, it's your printers, it's your mouse, yeah. it's your keyboard, your, your wireless keyboards. It's, it's all these like little things that you're like, Oh, that's, that's part of the attack surface. And it, it is right. And, um, you know, these, these vulnerabilities are constantly being posted, you know, having a strategy for it, just, you know, we, we say it's just so critical and, um, yeah. and, and people are not really good at it either. Right. And, yeah. and, and so it's, yeah. And, and so, you know, that's another thing. 
uh, the password hygiene, that's a no-brainer, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, we say, put MFA out there. You, one thing people forget to do a lot is, is when, when printers are shipped, a lot of these things have generic admin passwords. Yeah. These things are on your network. You got to change the generic passwords to any hardware or software that you have, right? Like, because, you know, the first thing a hacker does is they'll look it up on the internet. They'll be like, oh, they got HP printers. Okay, what is the generic password for HP printer? Well, you know, sometimes these things are connected to your Active Directory. Well, you're like, Active Directory? That's a big thing. It's got a lot of all your employees. It's got all your emails. It's got passwords in it. You know, these are privileged users, right? <laughs> you know, they're... There's these things we worry about, right? And, yeah. And, wow. and, yeah. And so you, you got to do those things. The so password management, hygiene around your passwords, get a password manager. I mean, like they're cheap, right? They allow you to create these. Un, un, I don't know any of my passwords, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. They're too complicated. Yeah. Um, and so they help you. They help you do these processes and, and they're inexpensive, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But w when you start to really start to spend, I mean, there are things, right? Like we, we are big believers of layers of defense for small businesses, right? And, you know, that's setting up a good firewall. It's putting in DNS servers that, you know, are limiting traffic through your company, right? We know where bad people are coming from. There are people, there are security experts that are monitoring these folks and we share intel. We share threat intelligence information and we we, we know these are their bad IP addresses. Well, stop your employees from going to them. Yeah. You know, blacklist them. Don't, don't you know, have a, a whitelist of what is approved systems that employees should be on and and then stop everything else from happening. And so, you know, there's these systems, get your antivirus, you know, on your email, on your computer, on your firewalls, right? Um, these, these, these layers of defense, they'll help you when you're ready to start monitoring to be able to identify if you have malicious activity in your company. And yeah. so, you know, that... You know, and if you're creative about this stuff, I mean, some of this stuff is incredibly expensive, right? If you go to a big OEM, you know, they're, they're spending millions of dollars. They have the best of breed out there, right? If you're a small business and you're trying to do what these big OEMs are doing, it's impossible, right? Yeah. Um, you, but there are creative ways to do this stuff. Um, working with experts, you know, they'll help you understand how to digest threat intelligence. They'll help you set up appliances that will will aggregate this information. And there's open soft software or low cost software that you, you know um, they they can deploy to help with this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's it, cool because it is. It, I mean, it is daunting, right? Because yeah, a lot. It's just like it, it's like the the unknown is almost scarier. It, going into that and just and trying to figure out what you're going to do is almost scarier than, well, maybe it won't happen to me. Well, and you know, I think talking about that scary thing, it's funny because, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you got to kind of have some pretty thick skin, you know, yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. on risk all day long. You know, it, it, it's not about the scariness, right? You know, cybersecurity shouldn't be scary, right? You know, there, there are things you do 
to protect your business. It's a process, right? You know, it's just like when you're building and manufacturing, right? You know, you start with your process, you implement it, you make some improvements on it, right? And then once it's kind of gotten to a good state, then you optimize it, right? Yeah. And, and cybersecurity is no different, right? It, it, we have processes. We approach this methodically. You know, there, there's an order of go of things that you should be doing in your business and you should be integrating this into your business, right? You know, this yeah. is just another process, just like when you're making something that you integrate into your business, you, you spread it culturally across that. That's why we, a lot of the times awareness training becomes really important with cybersecurity because, you know, you want to culturally change your organization. Mm -hmm. And so believe it or not, like, uh, Good, good folks that are working in cybersecurity are good change management agents. <laughs> you know, we yeah. we have to kind of get into the business and 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 build it into it. So, yeah, well, because if it's not a part of what what if it's just kind of a bolt on at the end, you're not going to really uh, do nearly as much or probably an adequate job of of protecting yourself. True. It's got to be integrated in everything you're doing from, like you said, you know, we don't have Apple watches in our facility because of this. If that's a, if that's a security threat, whereas if you don't think about it, it might not be something even, you know, that if that you do look down to that level that someone might do it and not even know, and they've created a vulnerability that someone exploits and boom, boom. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, so that you bring up a point about policies, right? You know, it, and it, it's important to have policies around this stuff and mm -hmm. be able to educate people inside of your company on on why these things are. And, and oftentimes we're working with people to build this into their quality management processes, right? Yeah. You know, and we're putting in the policies and procedures so people know what bring your own device looks like, right, inside of a company or, you know, how do you handle media and storage and, you know, what is appropriate use right you know mm -hmm. um while you're at work and what software is approved you know to, to yeah. using on company property right um you know yeah. and, and, and you know the other thing too is and if you are worried about your company you know start with the end in mind right you know and so have good recovery processes right you know that that is something that i often say to people right because in in cybersecurity, it might not be a question of if it might, it's more of a thing like when, right? And so if you're putting energy and effort into what your recovery processes are, right? And how to restore and you have a disaster recovery system, right? Even if you're a small company, you can afford a disaster recovery system. There are tools out there that, you know, for a couple hundred bucks can help you retrieve your data, restore systems, right? Mm -hmm. and, and if you're not looking at those things on the recovery, because that can make the difference of you losing your data forever or being down for a couple days. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we, we, we really have to come at cybersecurity from a lot of different angles. Yeah. And if, when you look at disaster recovery, if you even just look at, you know, and let's face it, I'm, I'm, I'm older and I'm, I'm coming from a, a time in the past and a lot of this stuff where it, it being in, being in the businesses and, and actually in them, right. And running them and stuff um, other than uh, an advisory basis, like I do now, but you know, back in the day you have backups, you had those kind of things and doing it. But realistically today, even just having backups isn't good because if someone, if you just say you're backing up for a month 
and you have and you have a backup sequence that even has once a month you do a backup and then you have a year of that and then you're doing daily backups for 60 days just say you got yep. 60 days of daily backups if someone has been sitting on your network doing planted something uh, the whole way through it doesn't do you any good i mean i, I just think of stuff like that and i'm just like wow it, it's, yeah there's ways though to 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 set up your recovery systems right okay. so that your restore processes right you know re-imaging machines and okay. restoring email files and yeah it, it's gotten a lot better <laughs> <laughs> good good well, because because i I've, i sit here and i sit here and think about this once in a while and i'm like how the heck but you gotta i know good minds have been working on it and that's that's good to know because you know having people like yourself and, and people that are really focusing in on making it harder for the bad guys just makes me smile every day because, you know, honestly, I think, you know, ransomware not just being a, a financial suck is really, really stinks. It really stinks that there, there are people out there that do this and, and, you know, people work so hard to, to create good businesses. And then you see something like that happen. It's just a shame. Well, and, and, you know, the, the, the bad part about ransomware and, and ransomware is prolific right now. I mean, yeah. they, they, they say every seven minutes, a company has been ransomware and wow. you, you know what we're hearing on the news with T-Mobile's data breach or, you know, colonial pipeline or, or yep. any of this stuff. Those are just the big ones, right? You know, we're yeah. not, we're not hearing about all the little ones that are happening every day. Um, and it, there can't be anything worse than all of a sudden your your screen coming up and you have a flash saying, "Hey, your files are all encrypted, and now you have to pay this ransom." And you know you have like four days before we erase everything or we put it on the dark web or you know whatever yeah. whatever they're gonna do, right? And um, you know, yeah, it, it's it's just sad, right? And so there are things though to be aware of if these things happen, right? You know isolate the computer, unplug, right? Yeah. You know, limit the damage, right? Um, call in experts, you know, yeah. help, you know, there, if you have insurance, you, you can get a breach code, but sometimes you want to move quicker, right? Um, also identify kind of what the virus is that has been yeah. deployed. And, you know, you could check these things and see if there are known uh, remediation issues. Uh, sometimes as the security practitioners do have already, figured out what the keys are. And so you don't have to pay the ransom. They, they have the keys and they can unlock it. I won't say wow. that's a lot, but you know, you never, possible, know. you never know. Um, and you know, if that's not the case, you know, then you got to escalate through these. Yeah. Things, right. Yeah. Um, so. Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, yeah. That, and just see the big companies that get hit by it and, and realize that that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg is, is pretty scary. Yeah. It, uh, it, it for sure is an interesting space. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned something about the, the danger of end of life systems. What? <laughs> You know, oh, we we touched on a little bit with the you old know, Windows Seven computer in the corner that's attached to something. But what are you talking about? The dangers of end of life systems. Yeah. You, you, so 
the the challenge with end of life systems is it doesn't guarantee that you're going to get hacked, right? You know, uh -huh. but but the the problem with end of life systems it goes back to that patch management strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And what what an end of life system means is is that it's now become a non supported piece of hardware or software, right? What means there are never going to be any more patches for that software, and so you know the the community that wants to that has malicious intent or, you know, they, they gang up on these type of systems because they know companies aren't going to support them, but they know they're inside of companies. Right. And so they find methods to breach these systems. And, mm -hmm. and because again, the, you know, the, the company that is uh, no longer going to support it, there's never going to be a system to fix it. And so, you know, if you have a windows seven machine, I, I could look right now on the internet, I could find tons of strategies to breach these systems. Um, there's paid one. So you don't even have to be technical. You could pay a couple bucks and somebody will give you the tool that will breach that system. Right? Oh know? my it's goodness. Like, it, 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 and so it's, that's why, you know, having a good strategy on managing your assets, you know, figuring out what your capital expenses are and building that in and forecasting that to replace these systems. That's why it's important because again, you know, there's just no solution for an end of life system for, and that includes your, a lot of times we see people using old servers, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, when you start a business, you're trying to, you know, pinch every penny, right? And you're like, hey, I got this server and we need a place to store stuff. So let's use it, right? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, you start getting bigger and more successful. And, you know, there's other problems throughout your day. You got to try to find, uh, you know, employees to work your machinery or, you know, yeah. you're negotiating with your suppliers and trying to get your goods of materials, you know, the cost now, right? You, you forget that that old server's just out there. Right. Yeah. And, and you're throwing more stuff on it and more stuff on it and, and days just keep going by. Right. And then again, it's just out there. Right. That door never gets closed. So yeah, yeah it, it happens, but it's something to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Well, we were talking earlier, you've, you've been working on some software that's kind of interesting that helps you visualize supply chain risk. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's really interesting. Yeah, well, you know, I think what we're we're working on, you know, is it's the concept of, you know, everything's becoming interconnected, right? Mm -hmm. And the data is out there to see these vulnerabilities and kind of identify where risk is, right? You know, as security experts, we're always trying to mitigate the risk. We're always trying to raise the cost of adversaries. So, you know, we in the tenants of security don't change, right? And so when you want to see if you're, you're a larger company, right? You want to see kind of where that risk is even beyond your walls. And so we're, we're working on ways to help the, the small company, you know, flow up what they're doing and the big companies to receive it so that they can see what that risk is. Right. And yeah. then we also want to support the workflows to, to really help build a good security program around that. And, you know, a lot of what the software will do, it will help discover your assets. It will help with that patch management strategy. Um, it'll, it'll show the controls and how you start to put the controls in place so that you can feel better about your business and knowing that you're, you're putting rigor and discipline in place around cybersecurity and really try to reduce that footprint and risk. But then have a reporting system that shares what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because it is, when you start to think about some, 
you know, I even just say I'm making, you know, the, the best bicycle in the world with the greatest IP and, uh, you know, all the other kinds of crazy, just say I just some just radical design that everybody wants to get their hands on. And, and I'm making this bicycle, your, your, your overall cybersecurity risk is the, the, the least secure piece in that link in your supply chain. Absolutely. And again, going to the hacker mindset is, you know, not necessarily to work hard, right? It's to find some of these least paths of resistance. And, you know, for all this information technology systems, for all these bots and systems that we're automating, right? You know, they, they do a lot of good in the world. They're also being used to do yeah. bad. So, you know, it's automating the process of discoveries and finding things and bots are, you know, constantly surfing and pinging up against things. So, you, you know, um, it changes the game a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does because it's, it is. So that's, that's pretty cool. I'm sitting here thinking about it. So, so I'm, I'm Damon, I'm making an auto. I decided I've got my new electric car company that I've formed and I want to make sure my supply chain is, is uh solid from a cybersecurity standpoint. If I could, if, if, if all my suppliers, cybersecurity information would flow up through to me so we can look at the entire supply chain. That would really be something. Yeah. And uh, and that and that's what we're working on, right? Is yeah. is to really kind of again, like I said, the data is already out there. It's how do you start to put it together and visualize it so you can see it in new ways, right? And yeah. and, and that's what we're, we're we're helping organizations do. And and again, you know, the regular in some industries it's being regulated. Right. You know, there you go into the defense industrial base. Right. You yeah. know, you work for a company that's building a next generation airplane system or, you mm -hmm. know, we have our commercial space and, and federal space programs. Yeah. Right. That are all yeah. converging together. And, you know, just think of how many how many companies help support these systems. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, no yeah. I mean, yeah. You just look at just look at. Uh, just two names, you know, SpaceX and, and, and NASA, how they work together and how something like that would be just so hard to, yeah, to and fathom, just to fathom in one little piece of one little subunit, how many just trinkets come from all over the world, from a gazillion different suppliers to come together to make this work. And you are, you are at the mercy of the least secure one of them all. That's that's it. And, you know, and some some are embedded into critical processes. Right. You know, to keep keep these things moving. And and so that's why I think you're 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 seeing things like CMMC come up. Right. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with that, it's a program that the DOD has created. It's really to help kind of, you know, raise everybody's capability around cybersecurity so that they can have a higher confidence. And if you're working with the DOD, you're going to have to hit these standards. And in that standard, you know, isn't just for the prime contractor. It's yeah. also for all of the other people underneath of them too. And yeah. so you, you, you know, these things are, are, are going to, for some industries, not be a nice to have anymore. <clears throat> You make a great point. We hear a lot of people talk about CMMC and, and, you know, I know NIST is doing a big push on it now to try to, there's, there's a training around it, just then the thought and the, the talk around it. It's um, pretty, that's going to be pretty significant. And, and when is it that people have to be compliant with it? Yeah. You, you know, so 
there's good and bad with what's happening with CMMC right now. Uh, they're a little bit behind schedule. Yeah, what, yeah. You, you, and, you know, that's causing some fragmentation, right? Because everybody's trying to prepare for it, but we're really, I think 90%, it, 95% of it's already kind of solidified at this point, And we kind of know what's going to be coming and it's going to be rolling out over the next five years. Right. So, mm-hmm. it, okay. you know, it, it, that's the thing right now. It, it, it hasn't officially come out. They're a little bit behind. They're eight, nine months behind where they thought they were going to be for the initial okay. rollout. And, uh, okay. but, but it's coming. And if it's not CMMC, it's going to be, it's going to be something standard. else. It'll be another standard. And, yeah. and a lot of times what we're saying to folks, if, if you're following NIST and you're following NIST 171 and you're following 172 and you, you're going to be in pretty good shape and be prepared okay. for CMMC, right? Yeah. And because it, all these frameworks, they build off of one another. It's sometimes it's the order of goes a little bit different. Maybe mm-hmm. they're they're mixing uh, technology and the physical world, and you know, like they want to be concerned about earthquakes and are you in flood zones? And you know, they 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 mix some of this stuff up a little bit. Um, but in general, the tenets of security don't change. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know? I just had to giggle a little bit. You said I had to make some of it up. Yeah, that's that's funny, but it's true. It's true. Well, and and that's why again we like going back to your crown jewels, right? You know what yeah. is really important to your business, right? And you, you know it should be independent of the frameworks out there. You know these frameworks are great for communicating what you're doing, but you know build a program to secure your your what's really truly important to you. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. it shouldn't shouldn't only be tied to I'm only Damon, it's it's not we see this sometimes, right? There's a check the box. I think we've seen this with ISO, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, to help yeah, improve yeah. quality. You know, when when you have audits and stuff like that, some people are like, we just gotta get through it, right? Um, but with cyber, you know, getting through it could have negative impacts if you, you don't secure your business. Again, it, it, it's so you know it's priorities we know it's hard for people you know it's kind of like a roof nobody really like putting a, a roof on their house they'd rather have that yeah. nice granite in your kitchen but you know ha- have a rainy season and have a bad roof right yeah and, and you find that that money is really well spent <laughs> yeah that's for sure well yeah. we had david commenting he said it's amazing to think about your risk from this perspective and i i'd have to agree it's when you when you start to think about and the the amount and the the ways that people can can come in and do bad things it it is a little bit daunting but you know and that's why we go back to you know simplify it right yeah you do some of these basic things you know get your foundation in order right you know just like what you're doing in manufacturing you just didn't go out and become a completely efficient machine and everything You, you know you start somewhere you get that yeah. foundation built, then you go back and you optimize it. And optimization usually is like you're you're putting your policies and procedures in. You're you're doing training with your employees and you're helping educate, right? And then you, you afterwards you after you've done that, you, you want to really optimize it, right? Mm-hmm. And and when we we say that your data your disaster recovery is completely locked in, right? You you've run exercises. People are able to know what needs to happen if things are ha- have happened, right? Um, you're also maybe doing some more advanced things like 
monitoring log files that come out of your systems, out of your email, out of your file management, you're monitoring network traffic. And, and maybe you're using partners to help that, or, you, or maybe you're at this point in your, your company where you're big enough and you're starting to build your own little system to do this. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting to watch as, as businesses evolve and they get larger and how they, yeah. how, how they build these things. So oh, I bet, I bet I was just writing down, you know, dash disaster recovery exercises, man. I, and, and it, it is, I mean, you have to practice. It's like doing fire drills. You gotta, well, you gotta do it until you understand it. And, and these, these exercises can be as complicated as like replicated sandboxes with it systems. Yep. Or, or as simple as just a card exercise. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, this computer has a ransomware. What do you do? Who do you call? What are the, you know, yeah. and, and you just walk through these things. Right. And it's like, yeah. huh. And then you're like, well, David fixes that. Well, David left three months ago. Well, who does it now? <laughs> you know? well, that's a, it's a great, that's a, that's a great and a very simple example that every business should be able to do is like, you know, what happens? What yeah. happens in this? And it's, it's really simple. Yeah. Ah, all right. <laughs> that, that, that makes me feel a lot better. I mean, because when you, you know, it can be daunting, but when you, when you go back and talk about, like you said, the basics, understanding your true value, most valuable assets, do good patch management and good password hygiene and, and maybe use multi-factor authentication that's going to, that's going to move you up the chain as far as how yeah. easy it is to, to get in at least and, and, and maybe get you going yeah, we, down. We, we, we call that raise the cost of the adversary, make, make it a yeah, little bit hard, put some speed bumps in the way, close the doors, lock the windows. I mean, you, you know, like Damon, how hard is it to, you know, knock out break, break the window and go in you know but but just the simple fact that a window is sometimes locked right you're yeah. closed your ports you're not you don't have too many things on your you, you got all the dead weight systems and old legacy stuff off your network so yeah but, you, you know it's cleaning your house right yeah. you know it's it's and you do this on your plant floors right yeah you, you know, yep. you go through your business, you got to treat your IT systems, you got to treat your data, you got to treat your crown jewels the same way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Bill, it's been awesome talking to you, man, because it's just your wealth of knowledge in this. And I know, I know that, you know, you, you've, you've seen the bad and you, the, the road, the road rash is there and, and it's, uh, you come out alive. So that's good. Well, that's, we, uh, we've, we've seen the good too. And, you know, there are people doing some amazing stuff out there and, and a lot of people there to help too. Yeah. So, and, and I have to say, Damon, thank you very much. This has been awesome. I enjoyed talking with you and, you know, it's an amazing thing that you do for your community here with the, the face of business and, um, yeah. Just good stuff. I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks so much for being here again. We got Bill Polifka from. Can I say the name of your company so I know it right? Simonics. Simonics. <laughs> yeah. 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 Simonics. There we go. I said there it, right. it is. Nice thanks so much for being here, Bill. If someone wants to get a hold of you, is is reaching out on LinkedIn a good way to get a hold of you? A absolutely. And uh, right. you know, and any of your friends and contacts, if they reach out to you, I'll make sure you have my contact info too. So all right. All well, right. thanks everyone for listening today. Thanks, Bill, for being here. We are actually going to take a break. I'm not going to be on next week because I've got some family in town and we're going to spend a little time together. But we will be back after that with more fun guests talking about different 
things uh, around business and life and technology. So thanks a lot.